What's up? Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Golf and Stuff podcast, and I'm your host, Blair Wheeler. Today's guest is LPGA Tour player, Cornella Lindbergh. She is, as we speak, as I speak, probably on a range, getting ready for the LPGA Tour restart this week. So we get a great insight at the state of her game, how she's used this time away from golf, this coronavirus weird lockdown situation to better her mind, better her body, get back into golf shape, start getting ready for the tour restart. And we're talking, like I said, LPGA tour. We're talking fitness. We talk a little bit about um, her background. She was a professional skier before she was an LPGA tour player, which is pretty cool, and uh, and more. So stay tuned, a couple quick ads, and then we're getting right into it with Brunella. Today's episode of Golf and Stuff is brought to you by X Endurance. Now I know what you're thinking, X Endurance doesn't sound like a very golfy name or it's not like a golf brand per se, but it's a supplement company. They're based out of Arizona. Arizona is a hotbed for golf and I've been using the brand and the products for about a month now and I've been completely blown away. You know, my daily energy levels are up. My uh, mental focus is up. I struggle with ADD myself. I'm not diagnosed with it, but I know I have it. I struggle with ADD, X endurance, their focus, their creatine, and their specifically their extreme endurance has made a drastic impact on me personally. You know, I used to use a pre-workout powder that I took right before I worked out. My face would start tingling and I know it was time to go, but then there would be a crash at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. With X endurance, there's none of that. It's sustained energy, it's clean energy, it's great stuff. It helps you function better. I use it before workouts, I use it before golf, all the time. So if you're in the market for new supplements, check out X Endurance and you can shop X Endurance at shop.teamxnd.com backslash Blair Wheeler. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Today's guest is LPGA Tour player, 2018 a Inspiration winner, Pranella Lindbergh. Pranella, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. Thank you for making time. I know it's a busy time of, uh, of year for you. I mean, we're coming off of a, a lockdown COVID situation where nobody was really doing anything and you guys are getting ready to restart your season. So I know you're busy. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, obviously been uh, quite different these last few months, but uh, really been kind of stepping up my routine. Uh, I would say probably the last four or five weeks now when I finally kind of had that starting date uh, going back out on tour again. Um, before that, uh, the, the hours that I put in on the golf course wasn't uh, uh, as much, but I've uh, then been grinding it out a little bit harder recently. Yeah, so what did, like, the, you're in Florida, right? So you guys... That's right. Orlando, Florida is home. Orlando, Florida. So you guys are a little bit ahead of the curve when it comes to opening things up. I mean, I'm in North Carolina, so we're like, right behind you guys um so what did it look like during coronavirus for somebody like you for a professional athlete were you training at home and like did you have workouts you were doing going to the golf course what did that look like yeah so my golf course was actually one of few golf courses here in orlando that really shut down for a solid five weeks okay and to be honest i mean i could probably have found somewhere else to go and hit some balls if I wanted to but since the start starting date of tour was still you know far out I wasn't really too bothered 
So I took the kind of whole uh, situation pretty serious and me and my husband, uh, we mostly just uh, stayed at home and uh, we live in a one bedroom condo. Uh, yeah. so we, don't, uh, we don't have too much space, but uh, the, the gym here in our condo building, which is a really good gym, also closed for a really long time. So yeah. I got really good at doing uh, at home workouts with not a whole lot of equipment. Uh, because that was, as you probably know, Im- impossible to to find uh, oh, yeah. in the last. I've been, the last cu- I've been trying myself, and it is still. I'm lucky. I have a couple dumbbells. I have some sandbags and stuff, so I can do like the the training that I like to do, like CrossFit, functional fitness. But getting anything other than that is impossible. Exactly. So we actually bought a Peloton back in January this year before everything happened and little did we know that we were going to get this much use out of it so quickly. So that was kind of a lifesaver. We've been using that so much more than we expected. And then, yeah, we got to borrow a sandbag from a friend as well. Uh, And then as we've been able to uh, find stuff, we've finally added some dumbbells and kettlebells over the last few weeks now. But I got pretty good at uh, doing a lot of body weight workouts at home. And yeah. uh, I've gotten really comfortable doing that. So even though the gym here in our building has opened up, actually, I haven't felt the rush to get back there. So we have, uh, you know, converted our living room kind of into uh, gym slash a little uh, driving range. Um, I've been hitting foam balls, uh, smacking them into the blinds. Uh, nice. That was kind of what I did while the course was closed. That's awesome. Well, how's your, like, you said you didn't really take or go to the course or find it, have a need to go to the course leading up into the restart. Like, how's your game right now? Are you feel like you're getting ready and, and your body's ready to go and compete? Yeah. So I had a good solid five weeks, but I mean, that was what through second half of half of March and through April that I didn't go to the golf course, but I, like I said, I kind of, uh, did uh, hit some golf balls, just foam golf balls uh, inside. And growing up in Sweden, that kind of brought me back to the junior days where the only thing we could do in the winter was to hit golf balls into a net. Yeah, That's something that I haven't done in such a long time, but it actually was really good for me and for my game because I got to work on some technical stuff in my swing that without having to worry about the ball flight, Uh, And that's something that I haven't kind of, you know, done that for so many years because I'm spoiled with having good weather all the time now. Uh, So when when I did eventually get back on the golf course in May, I was hitting the ball a lot better than before the lockdown. And, uh, you know, this whole period, I think, has actually been really good for my game. I uh, finally had kind of time to step away and realize what I what I missed about the game why I want to be out there playing and it's just this is my 11th year on the LPJ tour and I mean the yeah. first 10 years it's kind of been non-stop I've been one of the players out there that play the most number of events every year and it's kind of just you know I love it but yeah. this was finally like finally a break and I think that's looking back at it now I think it's actually going to be really good for me yeah yeah for sure and you did you mentioned you're from Sweden you grew up in Sweden what is it in Sweden that is so good for women's golf it seems like a ton of great lady golfers are coming out of Sweden not not so many on the men's side of things I mean there's a couple um Hendrik obviously um he's Sweden Swedish right Hendrik? yeah yeah 
No, that's uh-huh. right. Um, yeah, I mean, we, st- uh, we still have, I mean, quite a few good guys too, considering uh, what a small country we are. Um, but no, on the women's side, for sure, we've been able to uh, push out so many good golfers. And I've been asked about that uh, a ton of times. And I really believe and that because we grew up in such cold weather, we yeah. all kind of had to grow up playing a bunch of different sports. So I just think we grew up becoming more all-round athletic, which maybe, you know, actually helped us in our golf careers later on. And also, I don't think you see too many of the Swedes come out super young because we probably, our careers, they might be longer and we don't peak as early just because we weren't able to put in all those hours uh, so early in our life, but I think uh, overall we probably have maybe a little more kind of balance of a lifestyle because because we we knew more than just golf uh, growing up. Yeah, and it's the same thing. Like I grew up surfing. I'm from South Carolina originally, and all the a, a ton of great professional surfers come from the East Coast. Kelly Slater, Evan Geisel, yep. my podcast, and they're both great golfers. They're great athletes outside of being amazing surfers right and it's the same thing they have that balance they have to play other sports and that's one of the things that um i just had kids and people are asking me like all the time like my twins are 14 days old today um yeah congrats <laughs> thank you thank you it's been a whirlwind but people keep asking me like i'm okay. gonna push them into golf and i'm like i'm gonna push them into everything i want them to play soccer golf basketball football baseball like lacrosse whatever else i want like because i just feel like it develops your body develops your mind so much faster than just honing in on one sport i totally agree i i tell parents that all the time because i feel like especially living in florida where you can play golf all all year round you know i see kids at the golf courses here their parents ask me for advice and i say i know like you want your kids to grow up as golfers, but let them play as many sports as possible for as long as possible. They don't need to be, you know, the best at 12 years old. Yeah. Uh, so that's, because I think you see so many, I mean, kids, teenagers uh, get burnt out and their bodies break down earlier. I just think it's, uh, yeah, really good to, to try to, for sure, do some other sports. I came from a downhill skiing background. I, yeah. I was racing... I was racing competitively until I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I mean, throughout my golf career, I've had coaches tell me that, you know, my strong lower body has always helped my golf swing. And uh, I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for the skiing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think it's so important for kids of all ages to just, just to develop their body. Not, and not just in one aspect. Like I said, there's, I grew up playing every sport under the sun. And I remember kids that were playing baseball with me had to get shoulder surgery by the time they were 20 because all they did was play baseball, you know? Yeah, and I mean, golf is very similar to baseball in that aspect. It's such a one-sided move that it's, uh, yeah, it's not good for your body in the long run. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you're going into your next event next week. How is your mental game? Are you ready to get out there and and crack, crack it? Uh, I mean, after such a long break, uh, I think everyone always, I mean, especially when it comes to golf, I mean, you're just always going to feel a little unsure what it's like to properly get back into, I mean, tour golf at the highest level. But, you know, I've been trying to to stay competitive, um, been playing 
quite a few matches with some of my friends down here in Orlando over the last few weeks. And just the way I've been uh, kind of uh, practicing and training too, I've been trying to challenge myself a little bit more. And that's really kept my practice more fun, um, you know, in everything I do. If, it's, if I'm out there working on my short game, like I've set up little challenges where, you know, I just try to get into that competitive spirit or even on the driving range, I have my, my trackman and I do different trackman tests where I try to beat the score just to kind of get into that competitiveness. And I, I mean, probably like most other tour players, uh, if you kind of uh, tell us that we have a competition on the line, we we get fired up. For sure. For sure. So I know one thing that you have going for you is you have your husband caddying for you, right? How, That's how, right. Because if I had, if I caddied for my wife or my wife caddied for me, we wouldn't be married anymore. Like, it'd be you're, you're, you're not the first one to tell me that. I can promise you that. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not for everyone that's for sure uh, it's uh, it's pretty unique to be spending that much time together and yeah. if for us it works and you know we're still learning all the time to, how to do it uh, even better and better but uh, we're a team you know on the golf course off the golf course and we like that and it works for us yeah and um, r- right now going into this situation it's actually gonna feel pretty good because we can kind of keep our little bubble uh, yeah. you know you have to stay, like physically distant and do the social distancing thing when you're at the tour event, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry, you cut out a little bit there, but I think I uh, kind of guessed guess what you're saying. So yeah, we, you know, out on tour now, uh, we're going to be, you know, we can stay together. And then since he's caddying for me, I don't have to worry too much about the social distancing because, I mean, clearly if, if he gets sick, I'm going to get it too or the other way around already. So yeah. we're... But at the same time, some of the other girls is going to look quite different out there on the road. That it's going to be so much more quiet in the hotel rooms for them. And so uh, I feel lucky in that aspect, too, that the two of us can kind of head out there and do this together. But to go back to the kind of original question with uh, him caddying for me, we've been doing this full time. Uh, we had like maybe one season in there when he didn't caddy for me, but since 2012 we've been doing this uh, and that's what I tell people he we worked together this closely for seven years and then still uh, chose to get married after seven years so that yeah. should be a, a good sign that uh, it's working yeah definitely that is a good sign for sure so um, like you mentioned that you guys are going to be staying together living together or obviously living together like on tour and a lot of the other girls aren't so I found out that I had COVID in January um, and we were, my wife and I were talking about it the other day. She was like, we don't really need to wear masks anymore because like, we just had kids, right? So we've been taking extra precautions. Um, of course. But we're like, we don't need to wear masks anymore because I, have, I took the antibody test and I have the antibodies. And then she's like, well, if you had it, I definitely had it or came in contact with it or I'm immune to it or something. So it's funny that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have had it and didn't know it, but it's cool that they're like, keeping you in your bubble like they're doing for the NBA, right? Like you're just in your own little zone, you're working with your team, you're working with your caddy, in your case, he's your husband, um, and just do, going about your business. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's, uh, I mean, for me, uh, knock on wood, like hopefully, you know, uh-huh. if I contra- would contract it, uh, I, I'm young, I'm healthy, like I might 
who knows, I might have had it um, already. Yeah. But the, my main concern is I just want to get back out on tour and play at the moment. So I don't yeah. want to fail one of those tests. Exactly. So, you know, we, we've been uh, really um, kind of laying low and taking extra precautions too. I mean, we, besides going to the grocery store about once a week and going to the golf course, uh, we haven't been doing a whole lot because I just want to make sure I can get back out on tour. And we're actually uh, going to drive up to Ohio next week uh, from wow. Florida. It's a long uh, It is a long drive. We'll split it up over two days. Uh, yeah. But that once again, like I, it's just, Obviously, you can't control everything, but it's a, still one more step we can do just to make sure that I can at least uh, get get off uh, um, playing or starting to play again. And then uh, after our two weeks in Ohio, we have back-to-back events up there. Mm-hmm. We're going to head over to Scotland for the Scottish Open and British Open. Oh, cool. And uh, So you guys are between the British Open and Scottish Open because I know they canceled it for the men. Exactly. No. So I, I really didn't think it was going to happen. And uh, they, the RNA, ING, um, they've been working so hard to make the events happen. And they needed the UK government and Scottish government to give us an exemption to, the, to not have to do the 14-day quarantine over there. Yeah. And they did, but with very strict risk strict uh, restrictions so when we head over there it's really going to be like we come in our bubble we all stay in one hotel we all have to have our own rental cars and then we can we're going to fly there and um, the tour is chartering a plane we're all coming together we're all leaving together so that's that really going to be different but at least we're heading over there to play yeah exactly that's amazing that's gonna be good to watch too it's like there really hasn't been any european tour events since the whole thing started so it's going to be exactly. good. No, exactly. So uh, you'll get to see some proper Lynx golf for a couple of weeks there. Perfect. Love, love that. So I know the Olympics were postponed this year. How are you looking, I mean, for next year, 2021, how are you looking for Olympic qualification? Do you have your eyes set on that? Is that a big goal for you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I was part of the 2016 Olympics down in Rio uh, and uh, I absolutely love Japan. It's probably one of my favorite countries that I've ever visited. So to get to go to Tokyo will be very special. And after having a really rough year last year, I would probably not have made this 2020 uh, Swedish Olympic team. So for me, uh, this might work out good. At least uh, I have another year to uh, you know, move up there in the ranks to, uh, to take one of those two spots. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to be rooting for you. So you got me. Thank on. You. I, I'll be knocking on wood and rubbing, rubbing rabbit's feet, whatever <laughs> else I can do to send you good, good luck. So like I said a couple of times, I have brand new kids, newborns. Um, my little girl, Wesley, I, I want to get her into golf. I know you probably get this question all the time from parents all over the world, but what's one piece of advice that you can give any parents to me as a new parent, my friends that are listening to this, the listeners, um, to, to get their kids into golf and not like get them like over it by the time they're, because a lot of times girls, especially here in the United States that I've seen, they might play a sport until say high school, ninth grade, until they're like 13 and then mm. they don't play any more sports. Um, what's one piece of advice that you can give parents to keep girls in the game of golf or in sports in general? I mean, first I think to get them into the game of golf 
start off with when they are little and I can just relate to kind of how I grew up and uh, my parents brought me to the golf course and I just I was never forced into it but I loved just being in the environment uh, you yeah. know if that was even though I came even if I came to the golf course they didn't force a club in my hand you know I would run around in the grass pick flowers eat ice cream but at least I was in the environment and yeah. then you know it would be fun then it was fun to pick up a club to hit a few putts for a little bit, but like there was no like force to where I started to dislike the sport. I just thought it was a really fun environment to be in. So that was probably a good start, at least for me. And uh, then obviously I wanted more of that. And then uh, I would be the one asking my parents to go to the golf course. But then I think the hard part is that kind of breaking point when you kind of grow up and, you're 13, 14, 15, and maybe all of your other friends are starting to lose interest in sports and there are other things that become more fun. But that's where I think if you have a group of friends mm -hmm. to all see you enjoy going to the golf course or, or any other sport for that matter, but I think it's so important to have some friends that you can play the sport with because otherwise it gets pretty lonely and I to be honest I didn't have many girls where I grew up who played golf um but I just had that inner drive but not everyone is going to have that and yeah. uh I was I mean I was lucky to have that and to keep going uh, I think that probably comes back to just being a very competitive person but yeah, uh, otherwise um yeah it's quite important that you have like a group of girls or a group of friends uh that you can go and play that sport with because uh, it's going to be hard to just stand there and do it on your own while you see all your friends uh, go and do something different. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, my wife played softball, tennis, golf a little bit until she was, like, 13, maybe, 14, and then quit it. And I asked her why. She goes, I don't know. My friends weren't doing it. So that's one of the things it's, that yeah. we've said, like, we want to keep our kids involved in sports because, like, when I was growing up, my mom always said, if you're not playing a sport, no matter the season, doesn't matter if it's spring, summer, fall, winter, whatever, if you're not playing a sport, like you're not going to be doing anything because you're probably going to be getting into trouble. Right. So I was yep. sports at all time. Um, so that's one of the things that we're, we're stringent on with our kids or going to be. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I mean, I can relate to that. I just going back to growing up in Sweden, I feel like as a population, we're, quite active over there i mean in the winters yeah. everyone is doing some kind of winter sport if you're downhill skiing cross-country skiing playing ice hockey and that's just part of the culture and uh, i for sure think that's really really good in the long run i mean even though um, obviously not everyone turns into professional athletes but just yeah. to you know sports is if anything um, at least keeping you keeping teenagers out of trouble that's for sure Definitely. and it gives you something to do in golf especially as you progress in life and as you get older, right? Like there's people like you at the, at the upper echelon of the sport playing it at the highest level. And there's people like me who are just out there playing and enjoying it and getting something completely different from it. Like it, it keeps you active. It keeps you engaged. It keeps you like always wanting to be better at something and always having something to do like a hobby. Um, oh, totally. And golf is so unique too, because you're, you're never going to master this game, no matter what absolutely. level you're at. <laughs> absolutely not. I had Scott Stallings on the podcast um, a few weeks ago, and he said it, he said it best. Like, you can hit 
best tee shot, straight in the middle of the face, straight in the middle of the fairway. You can hit a, your second shot, perfect. It can hit the flagstick, bounce out into the water, and you're like, I hit two amazing shots. And, and just – Yep. He's, exactly. It was Scott Brown or somebody else. He was like, man, you just hit it and pray because you can only do so much. You can get it in the air. You can do everything up until that point, and then it's not in your hands anymore. Exactly. And I think, I mean, golfers in one way, I think a lot of us are kind of control freaks, but that's what's kind of fascinating with our sport too, because mm-hmm. you try to control so much, but then really when it comes down to it, you have no control at all. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's literally like you, you hit it and you hope for the best at, at, and especially like on my skill level, like when you're an 11, 10 and 11 handicap, like me, it's like, all right, cool. I could hit it great. I could hit a 290 yard drive, I could also like toe hook it into the woods. There's no talent. Absolutely no talent. That's what keeps it interesting. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Right. Like yesterday I played and um, it it just, I couldn't, I kept hitting like a good shot and then like four bad shots. And then I would like, I I was just so frustrated. I actually hit a person, which I've never done before. Oh no. Like I, like I said, they're okay. I hope. He was fine. It like, which I was going to ask you about this, but this is, this is the scenario. Let me set it up. So I duck hook, or I kind of pull hook one off the tee into the woods to the left. This guy has seen me play for the last eight holes. And I definitely, he definitely knows, like I didn't have my best game. So I took a four iron and kind of punched a, punched it out of the trees and it started like slicing and it hit the ground about 30 yards in front of him. And then, I yelled four and he looks back and it caught him like right on the chin, but he was fine. <laughs> he was like laughing about it and stuff afterwards, but I was mortified because I've never done it before. So as a professional, you guys have fans out there. Like I've seen Phil hit guys like weekly, basically. Have you ever hit somebody? And if you have, how do you bounce back from that to hit your next shot? I... I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm not sure I've actually hit anyone that's probably means bad, that's badly. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I feel like I've, you know, I've hit some shot where it's maybe bounced up on someone, but like never, never badly. But even that, I, like, I would just have the biggest stomach ache for the next few holes because I yeah. would be thinking about it. But no, I have played, I think it was – I was maybe an amateur still, but I remember playing with a girl and she hit someone in the head. And I mean, she, she could barely play for the rest of the day because. Just rattled. Oh, so rattled. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but now knock on wood, uh, I guess either I just, we don't have as many fans out there, you know, on the LPGA tour as the PGA tour guys, which it's, part of it but yeah. then uh, we also tend to hit it a little bit straighter than the guys so maybe that's why we don't see it happen as much out on our tour at least yeah and I tell people all the time like I enjoy watching the PGA the LPGA almost as much as the PGA tour because I can relate to women's golfers way more like I, obviously I'm not hitting it straight because I'm pulling it and slicing it whatever <laughs> but like the yardages are comparable like you guys are hitting a seven iron like 160 like I don't know your yardage, but that's roughly what I hit a seven iron, right? Exactly, and that's 
that's uh, I mean that's nice to hear. And I do have people, you know, all the time, kind of amateurs at my home club that tell me that. And uh, I I think that's really cool because, like you said, I mean most amateurs can relate to our distances, and they enjoy seeing the the rhythm of our golf swings. And like I really like watching the PGA tours too because. They, to me, they're like superheroes. No one yeah. can do what they do with the golf with the golf ball, uh, but that's not relatable. It's cool to watch because they just hit it so far. Yeah. Uh, but but if an amateur wants to actually learn, I think they can learn more from watching the LPGA tour because we are our games are for sure more relatable. Absolutely. I was on. A, um, I started doing weekly like PGA tour recap preview podcast with my friend Alex Riggs. He's a PGA instructor from. He's from Canada, lives in Dubai. Um, but we were talking about the PGA Tour and the current debates about rolling the ball back, rolling equipment back. And I was saying, man, like for an average golfer, for me, for 99.9999% of golfers out there, that is detrimental to the game because you're taking something that we need. Like we need more distance. We need more controllability. We need more accuracy. And you're rolling it back because the guys on tour are overpowering the golf courses, which are like the top 0.0001% of golfers, right? It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, that's why why it's hard. I mean, a lot of people say, okay, should there be, you know, one set of rules for the pros and another set of rules for, uh, for the rest of golfers, but it's hard, but, the one, the one thing that we got going for us is a lot of these kind of old school classic golf courses that the PGA Tour guys have kind of outgrown. Yeah. Uh, we can actually still go and play those. They are they set up great for our game. And yeah. uh, if you if you look at kind of our major championship venues going forward, we're going to be going uh, more and more to those courses, and uh, that's uh, that's good for us. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. It's it's good to see like LPGA going back to those traditional fun courses that me and the guys that I play with in my club can relate to. We can go play. We can go play for the same tee boxes as you guys. I mean, you smoke us when it comes to a score, but it would be comparable when we talk about yardages. We talk about the, the obstacles or the things you have to like account for off the tee and this, that, and the other. Um, so yeah, it's good to see for sure. So wrapping up here, where can people find you on social media? Where and We've obviously talked about what's coming next for you as far as your game. We'll be at the tournament next week. Um, the two tournaments the next couple of weeks in Ohio, and then the Scottish Open, British Open. So really, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, I, I'm the most active on Instagram. Uh, under my, my handle is uh, Pernilla Golf, so uh, quite easy. And the uh, same on uh, Twitter, but uh, I'm not as active there. But uh, my my husband uh, is uh, quite a keen photographer. So uh, he uh, he likes uh, snapping some pictures while we travel around the world. And I guess more recently, it's mostly just in pictures uh, at our house instead. But uh, he usually travels with the camera and uh, you can follow along on Instagram. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool to see. Like I've seen some of those pictures, like once you posted from New Zealand. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's our favorite place in the world. And uh, that's, uh, we chose to get married in New Zealand last year, too. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't been to New Zealand yet. I want to. I'm a huge fan of Tolkien and The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So, like, oh. 
I'm yeah, like, you need, to go. need to go see like Hobbiton and like all the, all the nerdy stuff about Lord of the Rings down there. Yeah, the the scenery down there is uh, hard to beat, and the people too, and golf courses, and food and wine. So yeah, you can't go wrong with it. Oh yeah, you're speaking my language now. You bring up wine, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for the time, Pranella. We I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to watching you. This will come out the, the week of the tournament. So look forward to watching you this week and good luck. Thank you, Blair. Thanks for having me. What are you doing? You're still here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Golf and Stuff podcast. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you listening. Please give it a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any uh, guests you want to hear from, send me a message on Instagram or other social media platforms. But for real, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you listening and look forward to the next episode.